so good to have you with us, and thank you for helping us to reach out around the world uh, as we were talking earlier about our impact with Convoy of Hope, and thank you for your generosity to help us to reach out to the poor, to the orphan, to the widow, and different people all around the world. And today is Growth Track Sunday. It's the uh, day we get ready for a month that you could go through all four classes potentially. Now, they may not work for you. We have a lot of people who your work schedule is such that you take two classes this month coming up in September and then take the other two in the month of October, whatever works for you. But it's a great day to get prepared for going through Growth Track in September. I'll say a little bit more about that later. We are continuing a series of messages, and actually, this is the wrap-up today, concluding on core. And uh, we are strengthening our core by looking at the first church fresh out of the womb of God, so to speak, birthed into um, the world after the ascension of Jesus. So after Jesus ascends, he's gone. Uh, he says, but it's going to be good that I'm gone because you're going to be empowered by the Holy Spirit and, and you're going to do even greater works than these that you've seen me do. You're going to do as, as you go in my name. And it, it happened. Thousands of people and we'll see that again in a moment, uh, came to know the Lord because of these individuals and their impact. So we're looking at that and saying, well, what was it? What was it? If, if I'm a new believer, and, and many of you are, we've had people, especially online, just recently committing to Christ. Perhaps God today is going to touch your life, wherever you are, wherever you're watching from, and uh, you're going to make a commitment to the Lord, type decided in the chat, and God's going to start working in your life. But after that, what do you do? And we talked about, well, one of the first things you need to do is you need to communicate with God, right? You need to connect with him. And uh, you need to connect with him each day. And so we talked about that on week one. Second week, we talked about how you need to learn to obey God, how they said it in this New Testament church. Is they said, we need to obey God rather than men. And so we looked at that. How do we do that in a world where you know, it's hard to find truth? There's a lot of uh, false information out there. And then we looked at last week, our relationships. These people were connected relationally. We see that again today, but, but their relationships were strategic. Uh, they were important. They weren't just random. Uh, they paid attention to who they were connected to, and uh, it made a huge difference in their life. And today, we're gonna look at the fourth installment, and that is they engaged. They engaged with the church. They did not just kind of come every once in a while, like a lot of us, maybe uh, the average person in America, I think, attends church about once a month. And so that, that wasn't the way these people acted. Uh, they did not engage once a month. They engaged constantly, consistently. Uh, they would meet from house to house. They would come to church. They would, they would on their own, grow in their faith. They were very engaged. And so today, I want us to look at what that looks like because when we engage, 
with God, when we engage with his church, here's what happens. The world is changed. Isn't that awesome? The world is changed. And, uh, yeah, they interviewed some teenagers and asked uh, a group of teenagers, what do you want with your life? What, what is it that, uh, that you want out of life? And over half of teenagers said, I want to be famous. I want to be famous. I want to be the next YouTube star. And uh, when asked about their career, over half of these teenagers as well said, I want to be a star. I want to be a celebrity. And, and so what do, you, what do you do with that? I, I think the heart of it actually is not that bad. It's I want to make a difference. I, I want to make an impact. I want to make a splash with my life. And these New Testament believers wanted to do that. Now, here's where we get it confused. We get mixed up. And, and this is not all bad. Uh, a lot of times, though, we, we think it's money. You know, we think if I accumulate enough wealth and maybe we pick a number and, and then uh, we say, now, when I have that much money, in the bank or that much money invested or that many holdings or whatever it is, then I'll, I'll have arrived. Trouble is, when people hit that number, then they get a new number because that one didn't satisfy like they thought it would. You know, I thought five million was the number, but evidently it's 10 million, you know, and then you get to 10 million. Well, I thought it was 10 but it's 20 or whatever it is. And so that's the problem is, is then I don't ever have enough followers. I don't ever have enough wealth or money. I don't ever have enough. And, and so there's this dissatisfaction when in fact God wants us to feel the satisfaction of his smile, of his goodness, of his blessing upon our lives. And these people did. And here's how they arrived in that. After you're saved, God gives you a spiritual gift. God gives you an ability to be used in his kingdom to advance his kingdom. And here's the big deal. When you use it, you find joy. You find peace. You find a, a blessing on your life and you think, oh, this is what I thought money would do. This, this is what I thought pleasure would do. This is what I thought all these other things would do. But they didn't do it for me. I just left it dissatisfied, wanting more, wanting something else. But when I got this in my life, now I feel fulfilled. Now I feel his presence on my life. So we're going to look today at what I believe all of us want. And I believe all of us want our lives to count. We all want to know that I made an impact on somebody. That, that somebody in my life was touched. And again, God's wired us that way. 
what we need to do is be using that in the right direction, and that is to build his kingdom, to build his church. And we're going to look at the life of one guy. When I was studying this, and I thought, now how do I communicate this? I found a guy in the New Testament church that you may not be as familiar with. He's not one of the ultimate stars uh, that everybody was following in the New Testament church. But this guy got it. He got it. And he used it. And he made an impact. Much of it, I think, behind the scenes rather than in the forefront. And so we're going to look at a guy by the name of Barnabas. Anybody ever heard of Barnabas? A few of you. And, and here's what Barnabas' name meant. It meant son of encouragement. Son of encouragement. Now, some of you might have been called son of something else. Okay? I don't know. That's, you at home, whatever. Uh, you you may, may have been called the son of something else. But uh, this guy was called the son of encouragement because we're going to see today he was always engaging and encouraging other people. And because of it, his life made a difference. And so today, tune in with me and maybe take some notes because I'm going to show you through the life of Barnabas how to make a difference. Here's the first thing that we're going to see in this guy's life on how to make a difference. You start with generosity. You start with generosity. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 36, it says, Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, I thought we were talking about Barnabas, uh, whom the apostles called Barnabas. Yeah, they they give people nicknames uh, in the New Testament church, which here's why they called him this, because it meant son of encouragement. They said, this fits. This is like who you are. And here's what he did. Look at this. Verse 37, he sold a field he owned and brought the money and put it at the apostles' Feet. So he started out, the first thing we see, very first thing we see about this guy is he was generous. He was generous with his life. He was generous with his stuff. He was a giver and not just a taker. And I think he got this from Jesus because Jesus said, I did not come to be served but I came to serve and to give my life for others. And and so this New Testament church, when it started out, it tried to act like Jesus. How many think that's okay? (laughs) That's still a good idea if the church would act like Jesus. And so they had this attitude that Jesus had. Now, I'll prove that it was in the whole church. This this attitude just was in the church atmosphere. 
Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We've been reading this one for the last three weeks. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All, everybody say all. All the believers were together and had everything in common. And here's what they all did. They sold property, they would do this, and possessions, they'd go on eBay and sell, sell their stuff. And, and instead of keeping all of it, they would give, everybody say give. They give to anyone who had need, just like we're giving to Convoy of Hope and we're giving out and, and blessing the community. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, okay, not just Easter and Christmas. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. The people said, I like that church. I like that church. They're not all about themselves. Hello? <laughs> I like that church. They want to bless the world. They want to bless other people. And so the Lord, look at this. I love this. The Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I mean, it wasn't just Sunday. Every day. People were added to the church. And here's why. Because these people were so, so generous. Now, I'm not going to read this story, but you can read this on your own, this extra credit, okay? Uh, you can read Acts chapter 5 and see about an attitude of stinginess and deceitfulness in a couple in a New Testament church. And I, I'm not going to take time to tell that story today. I'm going to focus on, on, on the more positive thing. But in Acts chapter 4, verse 32, it says, All, everybody say all. Here we are again. All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own. In other words, they didn't call their car my car. They, they didn't call their house my house. They, they didn't call any of their stuff their stuff. They said, you know what? I think God gave it to me. I think the reason why I drive this nice car, I think the reason why I have this home, I think the reason why I have these things, I think the reason why I can go through any drive-through that I want to today and order whatever I want and have it put through the window of my car, I think the reason why I have that ability is because of God. That's, that's what they thought. And so here's what they did. They just shared everything they had. They, they say, oh, God, you need my car today? You, you need my property? Or, or you need me to sell that extra parcel, that extra house, that extra thing? You, you need me to go on eBay and sell some stuff? You need me to do whatever and give some of it to help meet the needs of others, to help bless your church so that we can reach people every day of the week? And you know what? These people just said, Fine. How I many know that kind of church will touch a world? See, we have a thing called life builders around here. And, and just real quick, here's what life builders does. Life builder says, you know, I give 
But what could I do extra? What, what could I do over and above? And what Life Builders does is we have this Life Builder online. You can just look and search, and there's Life Builders under giving, and, and you can give to that. And here's what happens. We give that to extra projects, extra things. And one of the things recently that, we, that we're doing is buying a new camera that's going to sit out here, and um, they tell me, okay, now I'm not going to get to the technical side because I don't understand the technical side, okay? So uh, i just be open and honest. But, but they tell me that the picture quality of what we produce online will just get even better. How many know we've gotten better at this in the last year uh, than what we were a year ago? And um, when we first started, and, and so it, it's going to be better, and, and it's going to get us ready to be able to broadcast the whole entire service so that worship and everything is online. And, and so I, I, I think that's a good thing. And you know who pay, is paying for that camera? Life Builders. If you're part of Life Builders, if you have given over this last year toward Life Builders, you're doing that. You're making that happen. You're making that advancement. And, and Barnabas, he started with generosity, and that's where it starts. And here's the second thing, is then you got to see beyond yourself. Barnabas would see beyond himself. Look at this. In chapter 9 of the book of Acts, we come across his life again. And when he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples. Now, who's he? Uh, this is Paul, or he was called Saul at this time. So this is the apostle Paul. But, but before this moment, he used to go around arresting Christians. Then he became one, which is miraculous. How many know some of you were a miracle? The family said... You're saved? <laughs> You're a Christian? And, and then you began to prove it. And this is what Saul did. But before he could prove it a whole lot, he wanted to join the disciples. And here's what they said. They were afraid of him. It's a trick. Not believing he was really a disciple. But Barnabas, look at this. There's Barnabas again, son of encouragement. And he comes along and he took him. Everybody else rejects. How many are glad for the people that stood up for you when nobody else would? You're glad for the people in your life that believed in you, that believed that you could do something, that could believe, I don't know, maybe it was a third grade teacher or something that said, I think you've got potential. And this is what Barnabas did. He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of I mean, he stood up for this guy. And encouragement and healing go hand in hand. See, this healed Paul. This, this healed the body too. It encouraged others. See, this is why this engagement thing, this is why people go on missions trips. There's really a selfish component to missions trips. 
I mean, we've gone on many. You can throw that picture up. There's a group picture of many of us that went on a missions trip, but we've taken several, many uh, over, over time. And you know what? Here, here's the thing that many people come back from a missions trip saying, I, I feel like I got more than they did. I, I feel like, you know, I got more out of this than they did. And here's what happens. It shifts our focus and we see beyond ourselves because you go over to a foreign country, for example, and you realize, I am blessed like crazy. <laughs> I am like, I need to quit my complaining and my griping and my comparing with other rich Americans and be grateful for all that I have. And you look at your life and you begin to see others as Jesus sees them and you begin to see Jesus in others. Look at Matthew chapter 25, verse 40. Jesus told this story. He says, when he's telling this parable, he says, the king will reply, truly I tell you, and the, and the imagery is he's the king, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. So in other words, when you gave to help that orphan, when you gave today to help that, that hurting person in Haiti, when you gave toward that person, you, you just give to them. Here's what Jesus says, you give to me. So we see beyond ourselves. And here's the third thing, is you, if you're going to make a difference, you got to use what gifts you have. You got to use what gifts you have. Look at what happens with Barnabas next in chapter 11 and verse 26 of the book of Acts. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and what they do? They taught great numbers of people. Barnabas learned somewhere along the way over these few chapters, which took some time, but over time, here's what he learned. I think I can teach. I think maybe I have a gift of teaching. I think maybe I can tell people what I've been told. I, I think I can translate scripture to other people. I think I can make a difference with my life. And let me tell you something. This is why we talk about growth track all the time. Okay, you, you may say, why do you keep talking about growth track? It's because some of us don't get it yet. Okay, I'm just being honest. Some of us don't get it yet. We think my skill to do this is for me. My, my gift, my talent, my ability, I, that must be for me. No, it was for God, for God's glory, not your glory. And some of you don't even know the gift that you have. And so what Growth Track does is teaches you, examine your life, look at your life, look at your personality, look at the things you've been through. And you know what? God could redeem that and use that for his glory. God can use all that relational garbage in your life to help other people with relational garbage. God could use your talents and abilities. And, and Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he talks about this like the body. And he says, you know what? The, the body of Christ, he calls it, that all of us together 
are kind of like the human body. And he uses this illustration. And he says, so, you know, you can't say, the eye can't say the ear. Well, I don't have any need of you. Because then how would you hear? And, and the ear can't say to the eye, well, I don't need you. Because how would it see? And who would want one big honking ear anyway, right? <laughs> you know, you, you just don't need that. And, and so we need the character of all of us together. And I saw the other day where if you just are missing your little finger, perhaps the grip of your hand is down by 50%. So how many know that pinky's important? Right? It's important. And there may be somebody watching right now. You're sitting at home and you feel like the pinky. You feel like, well, I don't really count. I don't really matter. What's it matter if I go to church or I don't go to church? What's it matter if I engage in the kingdom of God or not? Somebody else can take my place. No, no, nobody else can take your place. There may be other fingers, but we're missing the strength of you because you're not engaged. All of us need to engage in the strength of God. I'm, I'm telling you, it creates something beautiful, right? When we're all working together. Here's the fourth thing. Is you, if you're going to make a difference, you have to partner with others. You have to partner with others. And this is what Barnabas would do. Look at Acts chapter 11, verse 25. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus, which Tarsus was Saul's hometown, and he went to look for Saul. He's like, now where is that guy? I encouraged him. I got him connected. Now what's he doing? I, I need to make sure he's involved. I need to make sure he's coming alongside, that, that he's growing in this. And let me tell you something. Who are you bringing along? Who are you saying, you know what? I think you've got talent. I think you've got ability. I think you could do something great for God. I believe in you. I believe in who you are. Let me tell you something, parent. Every one of you's got an assignment of that just under your roof, just raising up greatness, right? Because there's potential. How many know there's potential in that house? And, and there's potential in this house today. There's potential that if you would become that little pinky, if you would get engaged, the strength of the body of Christ would be enhanced. And also, you'd get blessed working side by side with others. You, you would. Because the Bible says we need to engage in this. Look at this in Hebrews 10, 24. It says, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Get going, buddy. Help, let me help you here. Just like Barnabas with Saul, not giving up meeting together like some people do, but encouraging one another. See this? You, you need to come alongside. And here's what else he did. In Acts chapter 12, let me, let me speed this along. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, so they, they went on a mission, and then they come back, and they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. They gave him a nickname, too. How many know the Bible? They, they love giving nicknames. You know, maybe we ought to 
start giving, I don't know, that might be dangerous, right? We'll hold off on that. But, but he took another guy. This guy's just constantly recruiting. I, I believe God wants to raise up some recruiters today for his kingdom to spur one another on to say, hey, you've got some stuff. You've got some ability. You know that ability to make money? That's not just for you. I believe God wants to leverage that to expand the kingdom of God. You know that talent, that ability that God's given to you? It's not just so you can do it yourself. It's so you could do it for others and bless them and help them. And here's where God wants to leverage it. And I'll just, I'll just tell you, uh, we want you on the dream team. Okay, and the dream team is what we call people engaged in their gifts, talents, and abilities here at Crossroads Church. And if you're not on the dream team, you need to be. Okay, now I didn't say that. I think the Bible says that. I, I think that you, I don't know what part you are, okay? You may be the thumb, and, and some of you may be the big toe, Okay? <laughs> And you may say, now I'm ugly and I don't have a purpose or whatever, but I'm telling you, if you lose your big toe, how many know you'd notice it? There'd be a difference in your balance. There'd be a difference. And, and so you're needed. Can I say it right to your face? You're needed. You are needed. And if you say, well, I just don't know, I, I can't teach, I can't, God knows I can't sing. Uh, you know, I, I, just, I just don't know what I would do. Well, you, can you pray? We have a prayer team. And how many know God answers prayer? And when people pray, God moves. And some of the most important People at Crossroads Church, you'll probably never know about them because they're on the prayer team. And they're praying for you when you put a card in, when you send an email and say, hey, I, I want you to pray for this, they get to praying. How many know they're important? You'll know it when you need it, right? When you need it, you'll know just how important they are. And listen, here's, here's what you'll do. You'll experience God in a way maybe you've never experienced him before. We've got 35 women gone this weekend to a discipleship walk, experiencing God in a new way. I think that's awesome. People are using gifts, talents, and abilities this weekend. People are being stretched on the team this weekend like they've never been stretched before. Because God's using it. Let me move on. Here's the next one. Grow your influence. If you're going to make a difference, you got to let God grow your influence. And we see this in Barnabas. Look at this in chapter 11, verse 30. This they did, talking about the church, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Look at this. This guy goes from giving an offering to being an offering. He, he transitions from giving personally to where they said, I think we can trust this guy. And they just gave him the whole offering of the church to take to another church. 
and to bless some other city. And, and so what they did is they saw this guy for who he was. They saw God's using Barnabas. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed God's hand on Barnabas? I mean, God is, is moving through this guy. And what happens is, is there's a new potential that begins to open up and new doors begin to open, which as the new doors open, you quit pushing on the ones that aren't opening, that God never intended for you to push on in the first place. And so some of you, God's wanting to redirect you, and he begins to use your influence to open up new doors. And he does this as you engage. Now, let me have them throw up this uh, pyramid of learning. I looked at this uh, last couple weeks as I've been preparing for this message, and uh, some of it was encouraging, some of it was discouraging, all right? Uh, here, here's the first part. Did you know that you, you retain, the average person retains 5% from a lecture? Now, that's the discouraging part. <laughs> okay, because like I'm up here preaching my heart out, giving you all that I've studied for hours, you know, to, to give this to you. And 95% of it, you're going to forget. <laughs> so what statistics show? But look at this. Skip on down. Look at what happens at 50% if you engage in discussion. In other words, if you join a life group. Okay, if you get in a life group and this week talk about it. And say, well, you know what Craig said Sunday, and, and you know, and this, this is how Barnabas did, and how does this relate to our lives today? And you get in a conversation about it, the learning level goes up 45%. Get in a life group. <laughs> okay, so it'll go up. Okay, now watch this 75%, if you'll do it. <laughs> If you'll do it, if you'll put it into practice and begin doing it, your, your learning level skyrockets. And watch this, 90% if you'll teach it. If you would go this week or it, you know, and, and teach somebody about Barnabas, or, or like I've said before, if you signed up and became a kids ministry volunteer, okay, imagine it, you became one of our army uh, of kids volunteers at Crossroads Church, you joined Dream Team, started teaching kids about Bible principles and stories and helping, you know who'd get helped? You would, because you would learn it all the more as you teach it to them, look at that, 90 percent retention. All right, let's move on. You grow in your influence, and here's the next thing. You got to listen for God's call because uh, here, here's what happens. You're called to greater works. Look at this in verse thir or chapter 13, verse 2. He says, 
that while they were worshiping the Lord, so they're in a service just like we are today, and they're worshiping the Lord and fasting. Many of us fasted. I fasted. Uh, and a lot of people in this church, our staff fasted uh, social media for 21 days. I'll be back tomorrow, okay? But I'll tell you, I'm not going to be back like I was because uh, if you'll go if you'll go silent, listen, if you'll go silent from social media, you'll hear Jesus more. Okay, is that good enough? All right, Acts 13, 2. While they were worshiping Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, who, who, who do you want? Guess who? Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. God puts a bigger calling on your life as you obey where you are. Jesus said it like this. If you're faithful with a little, I'll put you in over a bunch. But if you can't handle a little, who's going to give you more? And so when you begin to use what you've got, God will begin to multiply it and increase it. You know, in John chapter two, Jesus was at a wedding and they, were, and they had a dilemma. They were running out of wine and I love it. Jesus' mother figures this out and she says, get him involved. And he says, woman, why are you trying to get me involved in this? And she says, I'm telling you, whatever he tells you to do, do it and just watch. Sure enough, they fill up. If you know the story, they fill up those vats with water and it turns into wine. And the only people that would have even known what happened were the people who put the water in those containers. The rest of the crowd at the wedding had no idea what happened. Because they weren't part of the miracle. What I'm telling you today is be part of the miracle. See, the little boy says, well, I've got five loaves and two fish. And the disciples said, well, what is that? That's a happy meal. That's not, that, that's, and we got over 5,000 people here. That, a lot of good that's going to do. And Jesus said, bring it to me. And the little boy offered his lunch to Jesus, because like Mary said, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever he asks for, give it to him. Because whatever gets in his hands has the ability to expand. It has the ability to become a miracle. And God wants to use you and I to create a miracle. Let's wrap it up with this. Acts chapter 14, verse 14. Here's one of the last verses about Barnabas. But when the apostles, notice this, when the apostles, Barnabas and Paul, they're calling him Paul now. They've changed his name too from Saul to Paul. But notice this. I, I think that's pretty impressive when you're, your partner in ministry is the Apostle Paul, who just happened to write over half of the New Testament, which is over half more than I've written. How about you? <laughs> and, and so he's, he's now called an apostle. Now listen, he started out with a guy, as a guy who just gave an offering. Remember that? 
That's all he was. He, he just was a guy. They say, oh, he's an encouraging guy. And, and he gave an offering. Now he's an apostle. He, he's part of the, of the body in such a significant way. And let me tell you something. When you begin to flow with God, when you begin to obey him, when you begin to engage with him, you have no idea how God can use your life. I don't have time to tell you today about the story again of a guy who was in in school. I was in teen choir, and you don't even know what that is. But anyway, teen choir back in the day, and, and I couldn't even get up to a microphone and say, smile, God loves you, without my knees shaking. And now I speak to hundreds of people, even thousands of people through our live stream. Let me tell you something. God did that. Are you listening to me? God did that. And God will expand your territory. Listen, for those who need a little extra, science says, study shows that if you'll volunteer, if you'd become a part of the dream team, for example, that, that your mind and body would be eased from stress and depression. Yes. It's true. That tapping into your potential releases self-confidence, energy, and strength. In other words, serving others could be the best distraction from your own problems and your own worries. Why engage? Why engage? Let me give you the bottom line. The world needs you, and you will be blessed. You'll be blessed. And, and by the way, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So in other words, when, when you step out, see, you, you think it's just five loaves and two fish, but that's because it's not in his hands yet. When you get it in his hands, it changes. It changes. You know, and God today wants to take your life and make it significant. Not for your glory, but for his glory. And when it's for his glory, it'll be to your joy. There, there's just a feeling that, that I, as your pastor, I want you to have this feeling. I do. I want you to have the feeling that I get every week of my life. I am so so blessed, so blessed because I get the feeling every week of making a difference and I want that for you. Whether you're serving coffee, you're greeting at the door, you're the first face out in the parking lot, you're teaching kids about Jesus, you're part of the prayer team, you're part of our our. our our team somewhere, our dream team somewhere. Let me tell you something. Whether you're the little finger, the thumb, or whatever, it doesn't, doesn't make a difference. Every part's important. And when you engage, it will change your life. And it'll change the lives of others. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, help us today to not soon forget this message, but help us to apply it in our lives so that we can be the people you want us to be. We can be all that you intended for us to be. When, when we were born, people had no idea the potential that was there. And God, some of us still don't realize it. So help us to do that today. While we're praying, there may be someone here today that, that you know God's knocking on your door. You know God's talking to you. You know God's speaking to you and saying, hey, I want you. I want you. You're not insignificant. You haven't messed up so bad that I can't use you. I can even use the mess to make a miracle happen in other people's lives. And if you're here today or you're watching online and maybe you've been tempted to discount your gifts or discount your abilities, discount who you are, and, and you think, well, who am I? What? Yeah, I'm insignificant. I'll never be out. Let me tell you something. Just like God used Barnabas, God can use you. If you believe that today, would you just raise a hand and say, yeah, God, what, whatever you want to use, my hands are up. I, I give my life to you totally, completely. It's your car. It's your house. It's, your, it's my life, but it's your life, Lord. God, we give it to you today. Our car, our house, our abilities, everything, God, because it all came from you anyway. And we know that if we'll release it to you, it can multiply and the needs can be met and lives can be changed. And God, we want that. We want to be used in building your kingdom. So God, help us to figure out our gifts. Some of us, we need to go to growth track. We need to start next week and get into growth track so that we can discover and develop and deploy our gifts. Others of us, we already know where we need to be and we're just not doing it. So God, help us to be obedient to you. And God, increase our influence so that it spreads until every day people are coming to faith in you. Maybe today, while we're still praying, there's somebody that you need to come to faith. It, we're not talking about somebody else. We're talking about you. We're talking about you feeling estranged from God. We're, we're talking about you feeling alienated from God. And the Bible says what happens is our sin separates us from God. And, and so we're always sinful people. We'll never not be sinful but a sacrifice, the Bible says, has been made for our sinfulness so that it can be redeemed and we can be called the children of God. And that's the miracle of being born again, like the Bible talks about. And you may be watching today and you may be in this room and you need that experience. You need to start life over with 
God, whether you've served him in the past or whether you're not, not, and you've never uh, accepted Jesus into your life, today is the day, the Bible says. And there's an enemy voice that may say, nah, just put that off, just wait. But I'm telling you, the Bible says today is the day. Today is your day. And right now, I wanna help you to connect with the living God that can change your life forever. If that's you, will you just raise a hand if you're in this room? Yeah, just raise it up. And uh, for those online, just type decided, if you would, in the chat. And uh, like many others over the last several weeks, and, and we'll just begin praying for you and encouraging you as best we can. But here's what I want you to do right now. I want you to pray. Everybody pray this prayer so that those around you will have the boldness to pray it as well. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross. I believe his death paid for my sin. And today I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior. As much as I know how, I surrender my life to you. Come in and change my life today. From this day forward, I want to serve you and fulfill my purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's praise God for those. It's awesome. Listen, if you did that today in this room and you made a commitment to Jesus, then I'd like for you to do one more thing. Before you would leave today, go across the hall uh, to a class that's over there on baptism. And you can find out a next step because the Bible talks about they were saved and then they were baptized. And we'd love to tell you about that and explain to you what that looks like here at Crossroads Church. And I believe that God will continually uh, work in your life. Let's stand together and get ready to worship the Lord. Thank him for his goodness. Thank you again for your generosity to help us to be generous all around the world to touch and change lives all over the world that are hurting. You guys are so awesome. I'm gonna ask prayer partners to be down here in the front. So if you need prayer after this prayer, you can come on down here. Otherwise, we're gonna worship the Lord as we're dismissed. Father in heaven, we thank you for your grace your mercy, your abundance upon our lives. Help us to use all that you've given us this week to make a difference in somebody else's life. In Jesus' name, amen.